Hey everyone. So um, there are relentless um, teachings, lessons, um, as you begin to thaw. And the trauma is the injury, the thawing is the response in the same way that if you fall over, you get a scab, you know, after the, but the scab in, you know, the instance of, um, um, in traumatic injury doesn't heal. It's just a raw wound around which, you know, you build personalities and beliefs in order not to, in order to survive. So it's that first impact, right, as you arrive, um, that really sets you up and freezes you for life. And, you know, when I think about it, I, I just had a recent a sort of emergency, a medical emergency. It wasn't anything, it was a dental thing. But in that panic of, oh, shit, I've got to take care of this, is, you know, I'm alone, I'm vulnerable. Oh, my God, you know, there's no one around, right? And, in fact, there is. There is. There's tons of people around. But that's, and, and part of this healing, a large part of the healing, if you've built massive defense mechanisms, is to allow yourself to be absolutely vulnerable and absolutely scared and absolutely to feel it. So I, throughout my whole life, built this sort of, the, these layers of ice, of ice caps of just, I think about, you know, the Antarctic and just how deep that ice is frozen. And my injury was deeply, deeply buried under layers of ice, thick, impenetrable ice, call it what you will, or layers of sediment or hardened rock. And that hardened rock was the belief that I didn't have the right to be vulnerable or scared. And in fact, in one of the ayahuasca ceremonies, I saw myself in the back of a closet, just shaking. I was completely wiped out. You know, I had to accept the horror. I had to accept lovelessness. I had to accept these evil people who took me out to be abused and made it wrong if I cried about it or made my vulnerability, they demeaned it, like, oh, you know, you're just weak. They were evil people. And so if you've lived, and whatever your trauma is, in, if you've been wiped out, if your divinity, your vulnerability, I mean, a child needs to be made safe and supported and loved. In my head, it was wrong to want that. It was wrong to want to be loved. It was wrong to want to be cared for. It was weak. I mean, really? Yeah. And I remember distinctly when I, I was running a very large company and I, and I left, um, whatever, I got fired, I think. I say I left, I think, I, anyway, whatever. It was this big political thing, it doesn't matter. But I remember um, they did a surprise birthday, a uh, surprise uh, leaving party, all the whole staff. And I was weeping because it was wrong for somebody to give a shit about me. 
it was wrong that they made the effort for me, that I wasn't making the effort for them. That's how awful this injury was. So if you do the ayahuasca, what it does is it, it tears out, you know, it will break all these defense mechanisms down until you arrive at the you that was wiped out, which is your divinity, your magnificent divinity. And where you were, and for me it was like recently, or I had sort of an infection in my mouth and it was, you know, awful, the pain. And I had to accept, you know, it was this big vulnerability, like, oh my God, you know, I'm alone, this is painful. And I'm not alone, quite the opposite, but it's like that, it, it brings up all the, you know, this is a nuisance for someone, you know. I'm not allowed to sort of, to, to be sick or to be wrong or to be anything because that means that I'm going to need to be looked after and there's no one here to look after me. There's no one here that truly gives a shit. And then what am I going to do? There's no one, right? And that's actually something that happens to a lot of people who have suffered trauma. They feel alone. You feel because you've been wiped out. And it seems to me that, and it's just not, I'm not talking about me, it's lots of people. One of the things about all of this sort of awakening, and I say awakening is a defrosting. I think, you know, for me it was significant, the amounts of darkness I had. I mean, early sexual abuse, refusal, wipeout, and then I was involved in a horrible, horrific divorce in which I lost. I mean, it was, I've had a lot of darkness and suffering and it's not out of victimhood it's that every time that you're wiped out you have to there's a refusal of you you're being refused i think one of the 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 sort of the things for me to see and acknowledge is that even religions, politics, everything is excluding the other. Everything excludes someone. Religions exclude if you don't believe in their rules and regs. Exclude pink, yellow, orange, whatever. It's this ridiculous exclusion. And it's the same thing in parenting when somebody doesn't accept all of you. It's an injury of divinity. The total acceptance of your divinity. You're like a plant. And someone says, no, I don't want that plant. I want this over here. I'm going to suffocate your existence, your growth, your truth. I'm going to, you know, bring a fucking dump truck of shit and just, and your little shoot is coming out again. I'm just going to smother it. I think that's where most suffering, trauma, and why we get these diseases and everything is because we're blocked. I was just thinking about it with a friend of mine who has a crippling disease. And it suddenly dawned on me, it's, well, of course, because there's a big chunk of her, and I'm not saying it's, you know, completely red, but there's something there about a big chunk of her was refused. She knew that she couldn't bring certain people to her home. Her parents wouldn't accept them. And even though it's subtle, it's, it's massive. And... If, if your parent refuses you, you refuse yourself. 
And that's one of the things that I learned throughout this process, which I didn't understand. The plants, actually, no, the, the Shipibo Indians said to me, you refused yourself. Huh? Yeah. And they even showed me in a ceremony, pure black, two screens. One was pure black and the other was them taking me out of this refusal. I was wiped out. You know, there's a natural process and order to everything. You can't just, you know, take out steps one, two, three, and five and get to ten. You can't just wipe it out. You can't sexually abuse a four-year-old. It's not in the paradigm of nature, right? You can't sell it, right? You can't take a child away from a parent because the guy has more money in a divorce court. These are all sacrilege to nature, and it is the darkness. And one of the things, if you're injured traumatically, is they take your power. They take away your power by refusing you. They make your divinity wrong, right? Somebody says, it's wrong for Colin to, you know, to be a pussy, to be a girl. Well, Colin needs to be loved. He's crying. He's not a girl. He's a little child that needs to be loved and supported. Or... You know, Johnny, somebody comes up to Johnny and, you know, pours a violent, vile shit on them or whatever it is. It's like there's this rampant disease in our society where we just go in to these little tiny vulnerable bits of innocence and just wipe it out with poison. With these ridiculous religions and these ridiculous beliefs and these, it's the exclusion of you. You don't fit on the conveyor belt. Sorry, you don't have the pieces that we need. It's not the rejoicing of what shows up. I mean, the universe is building black holes and, you know, starfish and rabbits and amoeba at the bottom of the, the Mariana Trench where there's a tiny bit of oxygen. Why the fuck do you think nature wouldn't every time produce something interesting, new and magnificent? Why do you think it needs to show up to some other old, you know, dated, you know, ape that says, no, I don't want this? You know, our revolutions at Uri's are the ones that break away from the paradigm of the old. That accepts their divinity, it accepts their energy. It's this, this is a very fundamental point which comes to me through all the suffering, enormous amounts of suffering. It's the, if somebody rejects your divinity, they make you wrong, they make your feelings wrong. Because you're black, because you're small, because you're crying too much, because you're a nuisance, because I need to dump my fucking vile poison all over you because I'm, you know, unfinished. All of it cripples, it dents your divinity. And in there begins the injury. Because you yourself refuse yourself in the name of whatever the predator or the act is. Somebody tells you, you talk too much. Well, there's something wrong, so you refuse to speak. 
Why? Because you want to be loved, because you want to feel connected to someone, but someone is refusing you. So what you build is not you. It is a bastardized version of you to fit into someone's sick version of what they think you need to be. That's it. And it cuts across all strata. All of it. From a fucked up family to a fucking religion that says, no, we don't want those types, we only want these, and these are the rules, so join this game. You know, hijacking divinity. How can an ape hijack divinity? Divinity, if you're in an ayahuasca ceremony, you're just, you're nothing. This thing is huge. The power of this universe is huge. A little ape hijacked a bit of it. What are you, stupid? This thing is massive. It is more powerful than you can even imagine. Sit in an ayahuasca ceremony and you will see the power. You're like a little tiny bit of grain of sand on the arse of something. You're nothing in this vast realm, nothing. You're a channel for the divinity. So to assume that because you've got a, you know, a bigger pistol that you can then, you know, insist upon somebody else joining your team. And that's how the world works. I've got more power than you. You're going to submit. It's the same as, as trauma inside. You say the macro and the micro is the same. There's trauma inside my own family. It was like, you're three or four. I'm going to abuse you and you're going to accept it. Because I'm a cunt. And if you cry, I'm going to make you wrong. It's a wipeout. It's a fucking wipeout. And what happens is they take your power. This is the ultimate thing. There's actually no, two things. One is, you're tiny. If I hurt you in any way, at that stage when you're barely conscious, you're stolen from divinity. You, know, you arrive connected to divinity. I saw it in an ayahuasca ceremony very clearly. There was a moment where I was one with everything. Like, you know, it was just one. And suddenly the abuse happened and I was suddenly completely disconnected from the oneness. Disconnected from my divinity. We all belong to divinity. There's no one of us, no thing in this little tiny goldfish bowl that isn't part of this ultimate divinity. Nothing. No one. Not a grain of sand that isn't connected to this central thing. Even though, if you look at science, primitive as it still is, the second, even it's the second law of thermodynamics is nothing is destroyed, nothing is created. There is one set amount of energy in the whole fucking universe. And it's constant in transformation. When you die, you become something else. It's used, I don't know, you become a palm tree, I don't know. But there's nothing more or nothing less. So in that realm, something is just being converted, right? There can be no exclusion to anything. It's all one fucking thing. And there is separation the minute there's injury. If you arrive and I say to you, you know, I don't like the way that you eat, the way that you look, the way that you smell, whatever the fuck it is, if I make you wrong in any way, it's almost like you're a light, a huge shining light, then a part of you is, goes off. It's like, imagine yourself, as a whole universe of stars. Every time I refuse you, I take down one of your lights. 
I shut you down. I shut your divinity down. The amount of consciousness you have, the amount of freedom you have is taken down every time I refuse a piece of you. So when you begin to heal, and with me it was the trauma was massive. So I had, for massive trauma, I had massive defense mechanisms. For massive trauma, I have layers of rock. I'm buried deep, deep, deep. The bigger the front, the bigger, the bigger the back, the bigger the front. The more disconnected you are because the terror is bigger. If you're three and four and you know, something horrible is happening to you with a parent, it's even worse. You are shutting it down. And what happens is then they take your power and you authorize their behavior because you're made to feel wrong. Your crying is wrong. Your feelings are wrong. Whatever you do is wrong in order to gratify them because they have more power. And what do you do? When you agree to them, you give away your power. If somebody slaps you, hurts you, refuses you, you give away your power. Your lights go off. Your consciousness, your breaker switch is switched off. So when you go back to take back your power, you're going back to the child that was frozen, that was stolen at that particular moment. The minute I was abused, I was shut down. I was stolen. My power was taken away. I saw it in a ceremony. I was, my hands behind my back with this huge raging evil thing above me, satanic thing. It was him, my own parent. He took my power. And I had to accept it and I froze and I didn't process it and I remained a prisoner and just built what the person he needed and refused myself. Well, the Shapiba said, Maria, you abandoned yourself. I didn't know what that meant. I was so disconnected from her because I built reams and layers and layers of ice and story and personhood to accommodate the evil. I had been recruited by evil. I was the disciple of evil. And when I went into heal, I was smothered in it. It was like a, a vine that just grew or this evil was everywhere around me. So when the ayahuasca came in, she wasn't fighting with me. She first had to fight evil. She literally had to tear this shit out of me. It was all over me. It was breathing, living. I was smothered in evil. And that evil had taken my power, refused me, and I had agreed because I had no one. I had no one. There was no one there to support me. There was no one there to make me safe. I had a mother who was as terrified of him as I was, and she was a fucking adult. There was no one. And he ruled that kingdom, which we call our family. And everybody submitted to it and made it work. The enemy wasn't inside our family. The enemy was her family, her brothers, who we worked for. The, the actual evil was within our family. But he was clever enough to transfer that evil outside to make 
the, himself the victim of her family who worked for her family. So that's how he recruited us. Oh, it's not me, it's them. It was all trickery and darkness, etc. But at the end of the day, whatever your injury is, there's been a refusal of you and you have had to accept the refusal. And in that refusal, there is a switching off somewhere in your system of you. A part of your network has been switched off. And that network is then owned by them. That power, that fuel. In fact, in my last ceremony, when I had to go in, what I had to do was face the predator. I had to literally wake up. My lights had to come on. My lights had been shut down there so I couldn't see it. It had to be switched on. I had to literally go in and see it. And I puked and puked and it was just like black poisonous water was coming out of me. And then at some point, literally I had thousands of these, like they're called the uh, medic medicos, the doctors, they're little tiny flights of energy that just, they were prodding my every organ. I, this is, sounds far-fetched, but in, when you're in these dimensions, you're literally in some other dimension with all these other things that are working to heal you. And they're called doctors. They literally come in there with, you could feel them through my system. It was just like prodding my organs to get the shit out. I had been shut down. My life force had been shut down by the terror and the evil. It lived inside of me. And the only way I could finally puke it out and take this network out was by allowing the ayahuasca to light up the truth, which I had refused. The blackout was, I had to see, look, here you are being abused. Here it is, under in these, these underground rooms in London. Here's your dad on the street selling you. I had to light that up. I had shut that down. That's when I lit up. And then I had to puke it up because it was literally, I was a layer of energy that sat in my system refusing my life force. And it had to be puked out. Again, what came out was black liquid. So, if there's a refusal, you are refusing, it's like, it's like putting a dam to your life force. You don't think that's gonna become sewage? If it rots? And so in the aftermath of facing and putting these lights on, and seeing the evil for, the, for what it was, the reliving it, puking it out of my system. I can see how I've really been, which is terrified and vulnerable and unsafe and a belief that there's no one there for me, that I'm alone in this world, that there is no one that's gonna help and support me. And the only way I'm going to get help and support is if I'm doing all the helping and supporting. Oh, I don't deserve to be healed, loved. It's my job to make them survive. I don't matter. Horrific. Absolutely horrific. And so, 
you know, in order, so when you do ayahuasca, it's just the operation. It's the first part, it's the opening up, right? For me, the final operation was, okay, now let's, you know, let's go in there. Let's have the courage to go in there and see the truth. Face this thing down. And in the aftermath, there you are. You're lost, right, in a way, because you've only known yourself in that um, crippled way. I've only lived in life, you know, as, a, as an outcome of this trauma, as a damaged, broken bit of divinity, refused, you know, hobbling along, smothered by evil. And again, I'm not talking about victimhood by it. This is nothing about victimhood. It's about getting yourself out of, the, out of your trauma. You know, the minute you begin to face it, there's no victim. You've just got to get on that journey to heal, right? And yes, you're a victim if it happens. I mean, if somebody ambushes you or two or three, yeah, you're a victim, okay? You've been ambushed by evil. But once you begin to understand, once you begin to, I mean, I had let it run my life until I started this journey back. I didn't know. I was absolutely shut down. The terror was so huge. What you're facing if you're going into your trauma is the evil. What you're doing is you're taking your courage back to go face the dark. That's what this is all about. Because it wiped you out. It refused you. And what's left is the child who never got taken care of. That vulnerable, terrified child that was completely abandoned. In the Shipibo language, they call it el susto. El susto is the terror and the fear. And your soul leaves. I was in the back of a closet somewhere, shaking in the fetal position. It's pure fucking evil. And there's also, if you're stuck in it, you're just going to attract more evil, you know. I ended up in a horrific divorce with horrific, I mean, I couldn't have imagined more evil showing up, these lawyers. It was I lost everything. Again, if you're owned by evil, you live around darkness. Well, you're blinded. I was always trying to get out by painting it out, by... There were clues that I was trying to leave, but I didn't know how to get out. Which is why the meditation and the ayahuasca were so powerful allies of this journey out. Now, they are there with you, but you have to do the work yourself. You've got to want it. You've got to want to be able to walk again. You've got to want it with all your fucking heart. As they say, why does somebody make it in their business more than somebody else? Because they want it more than somebody else. Not that they're better, not that they're more interested. They want it more. <clears throat> so you've got to want yourself back. You've got to want 
your life back. Even if you don't know how you're going to get there, you don't know how it's going to happen. You've got to want it more than somebody else. You've got to want it with all your fucking body. Every cell in your body. And it's tough and challenging and horrific. No doubt about it. This is not a crunchy, chewy, let's chant and wear robes and have a nice day. And, you know, twang a guitar. No, it's fierce. When you're owned by evil, when you're trapped in that, you have to fight this fucking thing. And when the ayahuasca came, I wasn't even here. It owned everything. I was sitting in ceremonies, I mean, at home. I, w I was just an, obser an observer. I was so owned by it. I was an observer watching a fight between the light and the dark. It completely had smothered me. So, one of, so in this aftermath of having seen it, demanded my courage back, and I got it back, what's left on the landscape is this little tiny paralyzed, not paralyzed, but vulnerable, scared child. That's who I had abandoned. I had taken care of everybody but myself. And I was used, absolutely used. They were horrible, but I couldn't see that. Because I had built what they wanted. I had, I had agreed to this horror in order to belong somewhere. So in the aftermath, it's just, it's again, it's like leaving prison after 60 years. It's like, well, where am I? And what's left on this sort of scorched landscape is this little vulnerable child, terrified, that feels like it has no support or anyone around to help it. Now, that's not true because, you know, the only thing that's gotten me out has been this incredible divine force called the ayahuasca. You know, when I had to take care of this emergency, you know, the, the dentist showed up, right? Even though I, you know, I stopped going there for a while. I was like, oh, they're going to, you know, want me. But I, I was in massive pain. And it showed me again, I could, the universe showed up. You can trust. There isn't someone with a gun to your head. And so... The greatest gift is whatever it is that you gave up, that you rejected in yourself. For me, it was vulnerability. You can have somebody else help you. There are other people to support and love you. You're not alone. And in that vulnerability, I can finally see, oh my God, there's all this stuff I haven't taken care of for myself. I had to do something recently when I was, you know, for work, where I had to, you know, be with this client in this, situ you know, in this um, thing till very early, till three in the morning. I didn't want to be there. But I had to be there. I'm like, why do I need to be here? Because in my system, I don't matter. 
I don't want to be there. I want to go home. My business. I don't want to be, you know, sacrificing myself. So whatever it is that you've, Whatever it is that you learn replicates itself in your whole life, whether it's in your work, whether it's in your friendships, it's replicating itself. For me, it was like, I don't matter. Somebody else has to be okay. That's all that matters. I don't matter if I'm okay or not. They completely wipe me out. And by so doing, I myself wipe myself out. I remember I was on a beach a long time ago, the little child and I was holding it, it was tiny. And something came inside me, it was like, I would need to throw this kid into the ocean. I'm like, it was the rejection of me. The rejection of being a child. It was a nuisance to be a child, it was wrong. I wasn't here, I wasn't, I didn't matter. I rejected myself. Because he reject, they rejected me. It's horrific. And I could never see that because the terror was so huge. So when you wake up and you go back and you go back to your injury, you're tearing down the layers and layers and layers of protection because you've protected them in order to survive and refused you, abandoned you so they could live. That's horrific. And then you see them. So for me, in order to survive that, I had to reinvent them. I had to reposition them, rebrand them to make them work. Who the fuck does that? That was the only, I didn't have any, I had no choice. I. They completely rejected me and used me and abused me. But I had to live there. If you're living in hell, what are you going to do? You're going to make hell work. And the only way I could make hell work was to do what they did to me, reject myself and make me an acolyte of them, make, turn myself into what they needed. So I would somehow be loved. It wasn't love. It was survival. It was I don't want to die. So if you're going into your injury, what you're going to is into that frozen place where you gave yourself up. And with me, it was a contract, literally written. I, was, I mean, that was the first thing I experienced in ayahuasca was a massive exorcism, a contract that had been agreed to. I would refuse myself. Be, you know, I was sexually abused for fuck's sake to make them work. I would accept that the refusal of me. Horrific. And this is on a very small internal level within a family. But this is happening everywhere where someone is taking somebody else's power, excluding them because they don't fit into the realm of what somebody else needs. Divinity is everything, is everyone showing up as it is. And as it shows up, people refuse you. Because you're the wrong religion, you're the wrong color, you're the wrong gender, you're the wrong something. You're not acceptable in the realm of this, some, def, you know, limited defined version of an ape that needs power. 
And it happens across all religions, all politics, all of life. And it's this constant struggle for the acceptance of everything and everyone as it shows up, as it's born. Not the sculpting of someone in the, sh in the, in the, in the reflection of someone else. I'm limited. If somebody is born, they have to live in the limited reflection of me. So I need to expand so I can give, you know, divinity the, the, the value and the respect it needs. If this massive piece of divinity shows up to my limited tiny mirror, it can't expand and grow and be and live its fullest blossoming if it's then sculpted down and trimmed down and pruned down by my tiny fucking limitations. Divinity is asking for the mirror of massiveness and expansion, for it to grow into its massiveness and expansion. Not for a tiny, crippled, pissed off, angry little mirror so that it will cut all its wings and turn it off. That's what this is about. If a whole truck of shit comes in, you know, in your tiny chute and just dumps itself on you, your life force will be refused. Your lights will be turned off. The journey is to switch all your lights on by facing the darkness that switched you off. You know, I would like to look back at my life and go, oh, you know, all these great victories and what a great, no. It was a shit show, it was horrific. It was 60 years of shit. Camouflage with perfumes and bullshit. It's like putting gravy on rotting meat. It was rotting meat from day one. Evil, refusal, terror. Building defense mechanisms and protections to refuse this truth. Abandonment of myself. Suffering, the loss of a child. I mean, it's just fucking relentless. And then the universe showed up. The fucking whole universe, like the Navy SEALs showed up. Because I said, I'm done. There's something wrong here. And the universe kicked me off a cliff and said, right, let's wake the fuck up. That's the lesson. I was ambushed by evil. I couldn't see it. I'd accepted it, I protected it. I was terrified. Evil is a cowardice, is cowardice. Who shows up to a child? Cowardice. To protect, to hurt a child, cowardice. In so doing, it took my power. I had to go back and face it and get my power back and I had to rebuild my muscle of courage to go get it. Because when the ayahuasca showed up, I wasn't here. I wasn't here. I was buried. I hated myself. I had refused myself. I had agreed to him. He refused me and I refused myself. Motherfucker. So I wouldn't die. But I was already dead. Evil. Pure fucking evil. It exists like another energy. It's everywhere. 
I had to go and face it and refuse it and see it and go, no, I'm not protecting you, piece of fucking cunt. I want all my power back. I'm gonna puke the shit out of me that I had accepted, right? And you felt, I mean, I felt like death. There's no, it was fucking awful. You will feel like absolute shit. You will die. And then you know what will show up? Your little vulnerable, terrified child that you refused, that you made wrong because he made you wrong or she made you wrong. And you will accept him or her. And you will love them and accept them because they were rejected. It was wrong to be you. It was wrong to want love, to be cared for. And these connections are very powerful, very difficult to blow up. One of the last pieces was my mother. But somehow my brain, you know, I need to take care of her. I was responsible. No. No. That I had done something terrible by cutting off my relationship. No. It's my little brain. Again, it's all these connections to these horrific situations. There was no love, no care, no nothing. You've got to tear that whole fucking kingdom down. It was a complete fucking lie. They were the evilest, most uncaring, horrific people. You win when you get your courage back and tear them down. And you go back to that vulnerable child that was left exposed and terrified and alone. And you make that child the center of your life. This whole thing was a commitment to return home to bring back my child that had been captured and stolen in this dark, evil place. Refusal. It's the refusal of your divinity. Refused by a religion, refused by a politician, refused by anything, by a neighbor, by a country, by a anything, by a group. The exclusion you cannot belong. But your divinity, you were born from divinity for fuck motherfucking sake. You are divinity. And this separation of one amidst the other is the biggest fuck up. Oh, they have more money, they have to be more divine. I have less money, I have no divinity. What the fuck is this? It's ridiculous. Therein are violence. Oh, I'll just go throw a few bombs over here. Who gives a shit it gets blown up? There are the forces of dark and light. They run this fucking world. Each of us, if, especially if you're traumatized, needs to be free of the dark. We need to be reconnected with our divinity. That's it. It's not on the outside. 
Darkness is living within trauma, addiction, whatever it is. And the ayahuasca is a Navy SEAL that can come in and help you heal, to return to that place, to liberate. It's literally going in to liberate yourself from evil, from, the, from being a prisoner of evil. It doesn't have to be an actual detainee camp. It doesn't have to be Guantanamo. It doesn't have to be a prison. In, it's just a prison within you where you are a prisoner. And, you know, I mean, for the last five years, all I've been trying to do is take down the dungeon keeper that, took, that held me hostage. It's my own fucking parent. So I would keep him protected. You know, from the minute I went down, from the minute I had my first awakening when I had this Kundalini experience after 13 and a half years of meditation, the first thing I saw was, oh, there's an evil in the attic that doesn't want me to see things that I'm terrified of. I go down to Peru to do ayahuasca. The first night I have a dream of like sitting in front, you know, on this, with this corpse lying there. I can't go play with my children. I need to look after this corpse. It's fucking evil. I'm in the hut in the fucking jungle. This whole ghost shows up. I'm, you know, I'm terrified. It's all o over me. When I go into the medicine, the third ceremony, I'm having a massive exorcism. This thing owned me. It owned me. It actually had to come up through me. It was energy inside of me. It had to come up through me. Physically. It was evil. It was terror. It was darkness. I had to face it down. And I didn't even know I was owned by it. I had no idea I was ambushed and stolen. When she told me in sermons, like, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I don't know. Because I was owned by it. It's almost like you're in a curse or you're in a, under a spell. It was just evil. And if you challenge it, oh boy, you were wrong. So I faced it down. It took, you know, 13 and a half years of meditation to even to get to see there was something wrong. And then five years of, you know, the carpet bombing by the ayahuasca basically tore me out, tore me down. The whole just, you know. And when you come out, it's just like, well, you have to live from you. You're no longer owned. You can be vulnerable. You can be scared. Right? You have to trust the universe again. You have to trust yourself. Believe in yourself. These are huge victories. And it's not, a, you don't get a big prize at the end. You know, it's like, oh, if I go through all of this, suddenly I get, you know, to go to Disneyland. You're rubble at the end of this. You're just rubble. You have, you thought you had power. You didn't have any power. You were owned by Eat the Dark. I just don't care anymore. For the first time I know, like, why am I doing here? Like, what? Huh? What? Like, how did I end up here? It takes a while to come out of the fog, just to put your feet on the ground. Like, okay, well, it's like learning how to walk again. And you're humbled. 
by the immense power of the universe. You're humbled by this privilege and this gift that you've been given, by this, you know, SEAL team of Shipibo and Ayahuasca. I mean, I was surrounded daily with thousands of Indians, like thousands of Indians as my guides. I was owned by evil, unadulterated evil. You're going back to face it. You're going back to take back your power. You're going back to take back your courage. And there's no, you know, okay, there's no gift at the end. There's no, oh, you get to, you know, drive a Ferrari. No, you just get yourself back. You get your truth back, your authenticity, your soul returns. And you can be vulnerable and scared and not know and it's all new. It's like I don't know what it's like to live without the captivity of evil. And it's like everything. It's like a volcano. You know, when it erupts, it erupts a few times. It's not just one eruption, right? The operation in, with the Shipibo is the big thing, but then there's a sewing back together, right? Once you remove a cancer from your body, it learns how to be whole again. The pieces are moved back together. It doesn't have that big, massive inundation of darkness that's taking up all the space. And it's scary. Like, who am I now? Like, what is this? I'm just me. I don't have to pretend. I don't have to manufacture somebody. I don't have to do anything. I have to attend to my needs. I don't know what that looks like. I've never been there. I'm going to have to learn to be that. Remember, your defense mechanisms are massive ego things. They're massive beliefs that appear to have power, but they're not. They're powerless. They're big barking dogs, but they're really just nothing. And so as you look out in the world, I'm like, what is fucking going on? It's all just crazy noise and competition and it's like, I don't want to be a stockbroker, <laughs> you know, I don't need to be anyone, I just need to be me. And that's what you're going to eventually come to, which is, who are you? The authentic you that's whole, what does that do? And I was looking at this, watching this documentary of this woman who did that Theranos thing, or what, Thentos, or I don't know what the fuck it was, that woman that built all these people out of billions. And I thought, you know, I've just been like, I've just been taken into this dimension where I was, you know, they, they took out evil. I'm like... And this woman's talking about like a little pinprick and blood that you can tell what you have. It's like nothing in comparison you know that you can go and do a medicine that will take you into the past that will remove these massive injuries I mean it's huge that doesn't discriminate that doesn't exclude that doesn't make anybody wrong that loves in this massive way and 
literally freed me from evil. I mean, it's not a business. I mean, I'm not the ayahuasca. I'm not a shaman. But their unconditional love and their and the power of this medicine literally tore the shit out of me. Gave me the strength to face it. Was it easy? No. Was it terrifying? Yes. Was I committed? Absolutely. I wanted my little munchkin home. I didn't know how. I didn't know what it would take. I didn't know I was owned by evil. But that's what happened. And it's like being, you know, in a storm at sea. When you wake up, you're just like, you're this thing that just washed up on shore. Like, what? What was all that? Like, huh? Your life will be torn apart. It's a death. You know, life becomes meaningless. It, it had all this meaning before. It has no meaning. It doesn't have that meaning. It'll mean something else. So, you know, nature abhors a vacuum. And the thing is, can you be so connected to your truth that you can then go live that? I mean, it's a bit of a fog as you wake up from all this stuff. It's like, huh? But that is the healing and the return home. And it's not in this sort of airy, frary, crunchy, chewy place. Not at all. Not at all. It's fierce. And there is reality. It is reality. It happens in the everyday, in the, oh my God, I'm terrified, I feel vulnerable, I need to, you know, I need to take care of this infection in my mouth, whatever. What am I going to do? I feel alone. It's actually feeling that, like, oh, wow. Oh, my God, I feel vulnerable and scared. Not like, okay, gung-ho, let's take care of this. I'm alone. You know what's going to happen. Everything in its manifestation is coming up through whatever it is you're doing, through your work, through your friends, through your relationship. It's always showing up. It's, it's a teaching everywhere. There's, there's lessons there's seeing everywhere. That's how the medicine works, both in the medicine itself, in the ceremony itself, but also in real life. It's all showing up everywhere. It's showing up everywhere. Because finally your feelings are turned on. You can respond to everything in truth, whether that's anger or sadness or fear you're being brought back to life. I had no, before I had no feelings. It was just all shut down. It was completely owned by this evil. Yes, it's scary to have all of this blown up and to see that under all of it is this terrified, vulnerable child that had no one. And then the universe showed up as it's ally
something you can't see in this dimension. It's a privilege and an honor, but you have to do the work. You've got to want it. It's like that Play-Doh thing where it's like, you know, if I'm asleep, you know, if you're asleep, shall I wake you up? Some people don't want to be woken up. You know, right now, the world is like, I don't know. I have no path, so to speak. I don't know what's next. I have to listen to, to, to what that is within me as I heal. There is no, your brain wants to go into like, oh, you know, structures that will keep you safe. The universe isn't safe. There's nothing safe here. It's just the universe. Is it God last us, you know, you make plans. You can try to build, you know, a trench around you, but that's not how the universe works. And again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take care of yourself. I'm just saying that listen to what's going on, see around what's going on, penetrate it. Waking up is seeing the truth of what is. I was completely blinded. I got my eyesight back. I got my feelings back. I got my truth back. I woke up. I got my soul home. You have to step into the unknown every fucking day. Every fucking day. And surrender. And in that surrender, see and respond. You can't do this alone. You cannot do this alone. Your ego thinks it can, but you can't. In a ceremony, I was literally had a thousand doctors around me. I was shut down. I was a network of energy. Huh? What's that about? I don't know. We know very little about the universe. Very, very little. So surrender. Allow the sealed team to show up. You know, as the Churchill said, when you're in hell, just keep going. Allow yourself to die. And metaphorically, and to wake up. Bye.